Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, welcome back for another episode of the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. And I have to say, I'm really excited for this conversation today. I have Michael Weiss. Uh, we call him Mike at the office here. He's at Zenium. He's an HR account rep. Uh, and more importantly, he's a veteran. Uh, he's served some time and he's back in the workforce. He's been back in the workforce for a while. But I, we were talking just kind of offline and we're like, this is this be an interesting topic. We know I don't really ever hear anybody talking about veterans getting back to work and what employers can do. So we're gonna just have a conversation, and talk all about that. But Mike, it's awesome to have you on yeah, the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Really so, excited. Yeah. So some give us some background. What um, what branch of the military you serve in? How many years? Right. And when did you get back in the workforce? Yeah, yeah. So I entered the Air Force, two thousand seven, uh, security forces. So I focused on military police type duties. Um, deployed two times to Iraq and got out in December of 2011. And so uh, finished my degree shortly right after that and then got back in the workforce pretty pretty immediately in 2012. So I've been working, trying to build my career ever since. What was the, like, the moment when you left the Air Force, getting back in the workforce? It sounded like you went to college, so you went to school yeah, probably to go I, develop some skills. So what was that whole thought process? Like, did you want to jump right into the workforce? Or were you like, No, I, I need to, to get edu- more right. education? Well, I yeah, so I did want to finish my degree. I started before I enlisted. Um, so that was already a goal I had. But getting back in the workforce was something I definitely wanted to do. But knowing what it was I wanted to do and how my <laughs> skills from the military were going to help me with that yeah, was yeah. kind of wh- where I didn't know where to go from there. So I figured going to school would not only help buy me some time, but might help me kind of find out what is it I want to do after the military because there wasn't really a whole lot of time well, to focus on Well, did you, like, by the, by the time you were, I don't know if you are like, in a state of panic, like most people when they get out of college, like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Like, maybe some people have a general area of study, but yeah. you're, like, you're in you're in the air force and then, yeah. you know, seemingly you've probably developed a bunch of skills that you're, you're not sure if they translate to the workforce, but let alone, you don't even know what you want to do right? because what you've been doing is so drastically different than anything that you're going right. to probably do in like an office environment like you're in now. Right. So where did you, did you start talking with people? Did you like, what was the whole thought process be, between behind like here, here are the skills that I have here's where I might want to go. Here's the education. Right. Like what was just lay that out for me? Yeah. Well, their uh, support system, number one, uh, was going to be who I went to first family, friends, kind of what, what do you think I'm good at? But then there was kind of that personal and the, and the military did help a little bit as far as kind of the reintegration transformation mm. back in that workforce. They have this program called TAPS. Um, I don't forget what, or I don't remember what it's it for. So don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's supposed to help you kind of reintegrate and 
find what are your skills um so you may do things like surveys what what are you good at but like a um, profile like an assessment of right, some sort of yeah. figure out okay to, to be honest it's something that reminds me more of like a guidance counselor in a high school yeah um, fill this out here's what we think you'd be good at and it spits out and, some like here are some general right. areas that you should go for right wow right but i i really didn't know what or mm-hmm. where I was going to be. I was stationed in Idaho, knew I want to come back here to Oregon with my family. So I had to first figure out where am I going to live? Am I going to stay in Idaho and finish school there? Um, so so w- once I kind of figured out where I was going to be, then I could figure out my next step um, as far as the workforce. When, when you think about like the, when you were, when you were serving, you, you get out, you're, you're sort of going through those profiles, you're talking with people, your, your inner circle, you're considering going back to school. Did you ever look at like the air force provided me or I developed these types of skills while I was serving and now I need to go get X amount of more skills or I need to enhance these skills to bring out the best version of myself to, to enter the workforce. Like what, what did you sort of look at from that perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's a lot of things that just serving in the military, no matter what you do, who you are, Having that experience, you're going to come out of it with certain skills. Now, how those skills might translate, uh, uh, translate and apply to a yeah. job specifically, that might be where, as an individual, you need to figure that out. But there are um, pro- probably a handful of things I'd say, in general, most people leave the military embodying. And those skills and traits are going to include things like having the perspective of working towards something a higher, a, a greater goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so my position as an MP, um, I obviously had my own individual schools, skills, but I understood I was serving the military. My higher purpose was protecting our country yeah. and our allies. Um, so having that, that perspective. Um, that's, uh, that's an interesting one because it's, it's funny, we, we, especially in the, this the office environment, just the today's business world, we, we always think of like a mission driven business. And right. if you align your employees around, yeah. around those types of things, you're, you're going to have a probably more productive and happy workforce. Right. And it's really hard to stack up a mission of a company versus the mission of the military, because you're thinking like you're serving right. for people's freedoms, for, for all, like something so grandiose that it's almost hard to comprehend sometimes. How does that translate to you've done that? You know, you're serving for other people, for their freedoms, right. for all that, safety, security, whatever. And then now you're going to come to workforce where now you have to be, you're coming into an organization that's seemingly like mission driven, but like at such a small scale. Right. It, you're right in the way that it is a smaller scale, but it's still very similar because it's still a scale. Um, when you enlist in the military, you. You, you take an oath, and that's essentially your contract with, with, with that position. When you enter the workforce, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're, you're accepting an offer letter. You're putting your name on an application saying, I want to work for that company. Um, so, so the individuals need to understand that by doing that, you are committing to that higher goal. Now, yeah. your position may not directly align with it in your, your eyes, um, but understanding that each position – is as equally important because without them, that company is not going to succeed um, from the bottom up, from um, someone you may view at the bottom as a reception. It's extremely important to a business because if those calls are not getting answered, yeah. routed, 
that business is not going to succeed. And those military or veterans, I feel, understand that need to commit to that higher that yeah. higher goal. So it's it's safe to say that you know those that have served and and they're so aligned with that 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 grandiose purpose and mission that when they come into the workforce, they're they're likely to be more receptive to a mission driven organization, right? As long as they right. you know, believe what the organization believes, I I feel they will. That that is, I strongly feel so. Talk about like, and we, we talked about you a little bit, but talk about some of the skills that you think that are developed that are very useful in the workplace. Yeah. Um, well, being in the military, it's a very structured environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so you follow so rules. You follow, and, you follow yeah. rules. You, you understand that there is a structure in place, um, first and foremost. And so I, I feel having that sort of organization and, and understanding of structure is, is important sacrificing your own benefit for the benefit of others i feel is something that you develop as well so team like the team teamwork yeah yeah. but building the team um understanding you're not going to get through this alone Mm. um or you can Mm -hmm. you might um but that's certainly not going to make the the company more successful and that's not going to help your partner sitting next to you um so so some sort of personal sacrifice for the benefit of your coworkers, your teammates the company self-discipline as well Another thing I think you develop in the military is that you're courteous of people's time. Um, th- there's this, this saying that we all are very familiar with, hurry up and wait. Um, we, we rush to everywhere. <laughs> we literally Just to stand run. there and wait for <laughs> <Exactly>. the commander. <laughs> <laughs> but you, we would rather be an hour, two hours a day early than a minute late um, because being late is just holding up everybody. And so that's something I feel... I've being noticed. on time, being, um, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's such a valuable being on skill. Time, ending appointments on time, um, respecting that other people have that time value as well. What about communication? That, that, to me, that's, that's something that comes up all the, I mean, our most downloaded podcasts are communication based. So I, I get that in the workplace, it's such a big issue. What kind of skills are developed from a communication standpoint? Um, Probably direct communication yeah, is something very, that comes up. Very direct communication. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things I think when you talk about communication is listening, and you are forced to become a listener in the military. Um, you you do you have to like recite back what your superior officers are saying? Like what what kind of stuff would come up to where you're like when you say forced? Give me an example of that. Oh, even uh, starting just from basic military training, um, not speaking unless spoken to, wow. um, starting wow. very basic, only saying what you're allowed to say, you know, re- reciting on command, those kind of communications and understanding that whatever comes out of your mouth is, is not only, does not only reflect you, but it reflects the situation. And so you, you need to only communicate in the situation when it's appropriate but also understand that you need to listen. Um, Talking is not listening. Mm. Um, And listening, number one, to your superiors will be the best way for you to be successful. When when you think about yourself the way you are in the, in the, in the business world now, so you're, you work for an HR consulting company at at Zenium, right? So you're, you're, you're working with clients, uh, you're visiting and talking with business owners and leaders of companies. Have you ever like sort of done some self-reflection about how you behave in meetings now, just based on your experience in the air force? Like when you, when you talk about like you have to listen and you know, details are important and you're just, you've gained all those skills. 
Have you have you noticed any behaviors uh, of yours in those kind of meetings in the workforce? I feel um, interruptions um, are very common. I, I so you you observe it. I, I observe. Yeah, I've observed, and and not to try to brag, but I feel <laughs> like I don't interrupt as yeah. much um, because, and I feel like that does come from the military. Um, you did not get a chance to speak unless it it was given to you. Um, and the, and that was my profession. I know that, but. Inter- interrupting causes feelings of anger and defense and, and understanding that is, is very important in a meeting situation. And that's something I've noticed in a group setting that I've always kind of tried to let the other person finish um, and because interruptions just, just really kind of get the situation out of control. <laughs> Talk about the the hierarchy. We we talked about before we started recording just that it's a very structured organization in, in the military branches. And like you don't jump over your superior officer. You can't like, you know, like in the in the workforce we live in today, we have access to our president and we can go talk to her at any given point. Like it's just a very right. it's a, it's more of a flat organization. We have the structure, but it's more of a flat organization right. where you have access to people. Military, not so much, right? Yeah. Talk about like the differences between that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So the military, you're right, and that you, you don't jump uh, the chain of command. Uh, is, so what we call it, so, so there's the strong appreciation and respect for the chain of command. And yeah, in the workforce here, there's the open door policy. Um, and our president here at Zenium is, is so awesome that we have that policy with her as well. Um, and yeah, you're right, that is hard to get used to. And I think it comes down to respect. Um, from my experience, if personally, if I'm going to jump the command in the workplace here, mid or being the the situation deems it's it's worthy. Um, my maybe my superior's out for the day. I understand what it means for my superior to find out about that from someone else, um, and that is something that I think was very pounded into us in there is that if you're ever going to do something like that i.e go around me make sure i know about it so that i know what to do and mm-hmm. so i do that same thing in the workplace here no that's good um yeah open door policy. because it doesn't make your like superior no. like the person you directly report to right. you went over that person's head without them knowing like right. it doesn't feel good right. right yeah well yeah so while i love the open door policies here i i make sure <laughs> I'd make sure my superiors know that I'm using it yeah. so that they <laughs> yeah, don't feel absolutely. caught off guard. So I think that's like that, going back to the skills that we were talking about you develop, that's that's another skill that, that comes into the workforce. It's, right. you know, making sure that you, you're reporting to that one person, you're not going over their head, you know, those, so that you're maintaining the structure that's right. set in place by the leadership. And you could even try to loop that into the understanding there are those higher goals if we try to and mm-hmm. understanding that your superior has the responsibilities to be managing you. And if they get asked or something, if you put a perception that they aren't um, without them knowing it, then that could be an issue. Yeah. So we laid the groundwork and the whole reason I wanted you to kind of tell your story and we talked about the skills and and the mission driven stuff is I wanted to talk about the opportunities that that veterans have as they come back in the workforce so they they serve their time some people i've got a i've got two brothers-in-law who are one's one's still serving he's been there over 10 years in the navy another one's been in there four years and then he's back in the workforce the other the other one who's still serving he's going to be a lifer and that's he's built a great career for himself but for for the majority, they they don't they're not lifers. They they come back in the workforce. Right. They have to find something. And I think what I wanted to have this conversation with you, Mike, is about 
you know, you went through this where you, you, you sort of looked at the landscape. What do I want to do? What, what skills do I have? What skills do I not have? And then how does that match up with what employers are offering, uh, with the field of interest? So you ended up getting into HR somehow, and I'm sure there's a backstory to that, but talk, just talk about what that reintegration is like. You said there was programs. I don't know much about that. Give me some sense as to what's provided for veterans from a reintegration program. And then uh, second part of that, what can employers do if they're maybe they're already doing something? What can employers do from a reintegration standpoint right. to help build skills that the the veterans do not have? Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, and so, yes, there, there are programs when you're getting out of the military. Um, so if you have a date where you're getting out, you may be able to go partake in a one- or two-day class. that That's offered. Will, yes, and, and it's sometimes it's mandatory, but sometimes time doesn't allow. Um, but that will focus on things maybe like resume writing, um, some of the basics that no one in the military has really had to do. Um, our resumes were always on our, on our uniform and on our sleeves, and so we – we had no reason to tell anybody who we were. Um, that's yeah. So. That's a valid point. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we need to learn some basic skills like that. Now the employer obviously can't help us with that because we're going to need to figure that out before we get hired. Or could they? Like, could can they offer like a just as the right thing to do for for veterans? Couldn't they say, hey, uh, you know, we're going to do some interviewing or like to, to pr- mock interviews or and I know organizations out there like I'm in, involved with PERMA, the Portland Human right. Resort, like they're affiliated with SHRM and they do things like that where usually for like, college students, they do like mock interviews and right. I'm sure veterans can get involved in that too. Hey, like stuff like that absolutely. to me would be great. I just don't know if veterans know about those opportunities. The so maybe they do and maybe they don't. And I think it comes down to where they are. Um, yeah. When we look at the Portland area, we don't have an active military base that's, near That's us. a good point. Yeah. Um, so we're probably not going to have a very large yeah. veteran base in the area. Um, yeah, luckily, this podcast is international. We have right, <laughs> listeners right. across all the country. So right. inevitably, like somebody listening, I think they'll, they'll resonate with, with this right. conversation. Yeah. If, if you're in Texas and you're yeah. a veteran, your chances of getting a job, you're going to get a job a lot quicker than if you were in Oregon, probably mm-hmm. just because the veteran and military population is so large. So there are more, you're saying there's probably more programs in place to help with the reintegration. Right. Versus in Oregon, not an active uh, military base. So uh, the veterans that are coming back into this area, few and far between. So there's probably not a lot of structured right. programs in place. Like, is that what you're saying? That is. Yeah. Like personally, when I came back, any any program that I maybe would have found in the Portland area yep. was either through the VA hospital, which is, yep. which is good. Um, however... Yep. That, that will come with an asterisk on whether it's trusted or not by the veteran population. Interesting. Um, but they are a good resource. But other than that, you, you're you really looking for nonprofits, um, yeah. things like that. So, so you, the veteran's kind of directed to an online search um, if they're not hmm. really – using things like the VA, um, which... So you you resorted to a lot of online-based learning. I okay. did, yeah. Like, for example, veterans looking for a job in Portland, Oregon. Is um, that a domain? Is that the domain name? <laughs> well, no. That, that <laughs> veterans looking for... <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So that was what you typed yeah, in the Google. Or, okay, or Portland it. companies who love yeah. veterans. Um, yeah. So if, if the companies aren't marketing or advertising that, it's not going to be searchable. And that veteran may not find them. So these so companies true. need to be putting it out there. For example, if, if, if you if you love... You found the secret as to why we're developing this podcast. Because <laughs> so, I think those key, to your point, like 
people resort to Google. Right. And if if people use the same behaviors that you just described, wait, you you get back from a serving and everything's so online based, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to Google right. it. Well, what if you don't know about any right. resources? So I, I make I'm making a promise here. With this podcast, we always have a blog post. We will put links and resources to things that, that Mike has nice. uh, searched for yes. to cut down on the time Very that it's nice. t- taking for you to, to look for things. Very nice. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, yeah, so uh, companies need to put it out there so it can be yeah. found. Um, but the VA is probably going to be the number one. Yeah, that's the one I hear of for, quite for, a bit. Yeah, for, for us locally. Yeah. Um, and what sort of things do they help with? Because I I'm not really familiar with everything that's offered there. They so the VA can really help for with anything, um, yeah. From mental, physical health, finding a job, finding a place to live. Okay, so um, yes, just everything related to life, like really getting back into this the civilization. Yeah, theoretically, I I will say so part of the reason why the VA system does not get trusted is because so sp- it's spread too thin. It's exactly, so slow. So I found a job on my own well before the VA was going to be able to yeah. help me. Um, that's my personal experience here. Probably different for other areas, but gosh, it's it's yeah. And we could, we could probably have a whole nother podcast on this. And this is totally veering off topic. But it seems like with the VA, the structure of it, it shouldn't be trying to like be all things to all people. It should be like, we're going to contract with, with like institutions that would be really good at what they do, like uh, finding how to buy a house or um, training and development or education in like, like here's a referral essentially. And here's a discounted price for this service or I don't know to me. Uh, you got that'd make more sense. You got my vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Getting into politics. Um, so what can employers do? And this is really the heart of this discussion is what can employers do? Because if uh, the, the VA spread thin, veterans don't really know where to look. What, what are some things that, you know, to give back to the community, what could, what could employers do to, to get involved in this? In helping the veterans. Yeah, absolutely. I, number one, again, I think it's just putting it out there. Um, if it's not known that you're trying to help, your help is not going to be found. And so, but beyond that, you may have a veteran in your workplace right now. You may not even know it. You don't know even it. know it. Yeah, yeah so exactly. This veteran's choice wasn't always a thing. Preferred these points, the tax benefits companies got for hiring veterans were not always a even, thing. I didn't even know that. Oh, yes. So you just, you just dropped some knowledge. I'm, I'm sure HR people listening, they knew about that, but I didn't. <laughs> but yes, there are some. Um, these All these things, this, it's a changing environment for the veterans, and so I think the employers need to, need to make some changes as well. Um, if you're trying to find veterans... I think you need to put on searches specifically for veterans. Um, and maybe you only have a few positions, and so you're going to get a whole lot more than you can, you know, you're going to bite off more than you can chew. Maybe create a pact with some some local companies, maybe some industry, even competitors. Um, you know, keep, keep your friends close, enemies closer. You know, it's do what you got to do to put a program out there to let the veterans know Hey, we are looking for you, and we want to hire you. Yeah, and we care about we and, care about and you, and it's the care. right you know it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and those veterans in in your workforce, they may be connected to them. Um, yeah, they may have a connection to a local VA chapter, um, a, a local Veterans of, of Foreign Wars chapter. Someone, someone out there who who they can help, and you're not going to know unless you ask or unless you say 
we're looking. Compassion is something that I've talked about on this podcast before, and um, I hear it coming up a lot. Like we need to have more compassion in workforces, uh, workplaces. It's going to develop the culture a lot more. All you know, all that stuff. You know, with veterans, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people they serve. They've they've some of them experienced some really terrible stuff. Others maybe maybe not as much, but still like getting back in into the regular you know lifestyle of civilization. It's it probably is challenging. Every veteran has probably a story to tell. What's the balance of like being able to share your story? Like, is that something that's comfortable for you? Like to 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 share what you've experienced so that way people can be compassionate to to your like what you've seen and what you've done and. You know, like that's right. hard, right? Yeah. It, like with, but without opening up, it's probably it really, it's just, nobody's going to ask you about it, it. It is. It is. And you know, you're right in that there is an experience. I think every veteran has an experience and that experience on some levels probably should be known and can be shared and learned from, um, where I think the veterans can benefit in this area the most is maybe leading the charge of getting the rest of the employee base to open up about their experiences mm, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we don't want to say, Hey, you know, it, I'm a veteran and this is my story. With, but without somebody else telling their exactly. story, it's really hard. It's like, okay, every, the spotlight's on me. This isn't exactly. even fair. Exactly. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. But you can lean on that veteran and maybe it's just a conversation. Um, you know, you know, maybe, maybe it's something you have formal, informal with them, but I would almost look to that person and say, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to increase compassion in the workforce. I'm trying to build more teamwork. And I kind of want to rely on you because of your experience in that leadership role from the military. I'd almost put them on the spot a little bit. Um, we got to make sure the way we do it is not in a pressuring way. Sure, so they don't yeah. feel like they have to. Um, but let them know, hey, those experiences are what I want you to talk about. They may not even feel like their experiences are worth talking about until you tell them, I want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, if they've gone, if they've been working in a workforce for 20 years, they're a veteran person next to them doesn't even really know about it. They probably don't feel like there's anything they're really gaining from that. Hmm. Um, so you need to let them know that, hey, there is that untapped potential that you need to release onto the rest of the workforce yeah. so that we can build a stronger team together. And I think that's the whole message I wanted to convey. And this is like the, the veterans have, have developed such unique skills that are ve- very valuable. And they have really interesting stories to tell if they, if they get a chance to tell it. Right. And I think those doors just, you know, I don't we don't have a lot of experience here. And I, I personally don't. But I, I imagine it's just not happening a whole lot where there's a platform to tell the story. People are empathizing with what's happening. If they can't empathize, they're not able to show compassion because the, those stories just aren't being shared. Do you, I mean, do you see that happening? Do you, do you encourage employers to, to open up those doors? Absolutely. Um, especially now I feel like our, the way the workforce is moving, um, with these new generations, people want to feel a purpose at work. That's a great, Um, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And, one way you can increase that feeling of purpose is to let them talk about themselves. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I go home every day and I get to talk about myself to my wife all night <laughs> and it feels great. Um, but it feels even better to come to work and to not have to shut that off. Yeah. Um, so lean on them, let them talk about their experiences. Um, 
I love it. No, that's great. I mean, we honestly, Mike, we could talk about this all day. Um, we've been talking for about thirty minutes, so I, I we got to cut it. But what's the like the the message that you want to leave employers with? So if, if you have an HR person that's listening to this podcast, which there's a lot of them, or small business leaders or owners, somebody who you know has an influence on these kind of things, what's the message you want to convey just about veterans getting back into the workforce? What can they do to help? Um, not only is this maybe a selfish way to help my veteran brothers and sisters <laughs> your brothers, get yeah. a job. Um, but veter- the veteran workforce truly can help your company. Um, you probably just don't even know the ways they can until you talk to them. Share, share their experience, ask their experiences, share your experiences. There probably is some leadership skill that they've developed, a communication skill that we talked about, people management, um, you know, compassion in some level, there's probably a way that they can help you. And with that being said, there's probably a way all your employees can help you. Um, those veterans, I just feel may be a little more empowered to feel the leadership and step up and take action because they've already illustrated that they're prepared to do so on such a grand level. Mike, thanks a lot for being a part of the podcast. This is a yeah. lot of fun. I, I really yeah, appreciate absolutely. you for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.